Hello, and welcome to the Thy Neighbor podcast, conversations with everyday people who are crushing it and making the world a more lovely place to inhabit. I am your host, Tracy Robbins King, and this is the final episode of the mini course on health and nutrition. Enjoy. Deanna is one of the strong alto voices in my ward choir, and I love hearing her sing. Deanna is one of those people who surprises me by her depth, her beauty, and her kindness. She has a law degree from Golden Gate University. She is the owner of Savvy Law and Practice Regulatory Mortgage Lending and Real Estate Law. She and her husband live in Sandy, Utah and have one son. She delights herself in gardening because it is an activity that keeps her thinking, planning, and moving. She also adores good music and has loved to sing her entire life. Deanna likes to stay fit and has discovered that she is a much nicer person when she exercises regularly. Deanna's motto, just keep moving. I recall being in church and hearing you share the story of your father, who I think was also very physically a very physically active man. Um, where did you learn the importance of moving your body on a daily basis? Probably from the time that I was little, and I was just always an active kid, never really holding still very well, as your intro talked about. I competed as a figure skater, and I competed as a gymnast. So doing those things kind of helped me to get exercise in my life as a regular habit. And then a couple of years after I was married, I became certified as a fitness instructor. And so I taught fitness classes while I was working. And uh, so it's just kind of been something I've done and incorporated. And when I say I'm not as nice of a person when I'm not, I'm I'm serious about that. I, I get grumpy unless I have my good endorphins. So... Yeah, I feel like most of us see that there there are benefits regarding our mood and besides all the physical benefits of actually being able to move your body as well. True. I do want to ask a follow-up question on the ice skating, uh-huh. the gymnastics part. So with the ice skating portion, do you still get on the ice today? I do a little bit in the wintertime because I'm too busy with other stuff in the summertime. But in the wintertime, I like to just go and skate around and do a few things. Not like I used to, but at least just getting out. It just It's such a freeing sport to just get on those skates and glide across the ice. I love it. Did you know, how did you discover as a young person that you liked to ice skate? I watched the Olympics. And I wanted to be, I don't remember who it was at the time, but yes, I just thought, wow, that's so cool. So I started taking ice skating lessons. I went to the ice skating rink quite a few times and watched people and learned a lot and and, uh, came home and told my mother that I would love to have lessons. So that's how it started. Because you lived in L.A. growing up, right? Correct. So it's pretty funny that here I am in Los Angeles learning to figure skate. My husband, who is from Canada, has no idea how to ice skate. So there you go. The irony of it all, right? That is beautiful. I love things like that. So what what has motivated you to stay moving and fit and healthy for the last decades of your life? What is like the intrinsic motivation for you besides your mood? I had back surgery about 20 years ago. 
And the surgeon basically told me, as soon as the surgery was over, get up and start walking. And I realized that if I was going to have a good quality of life along the rest of my years, that I needed to keep keep moving and most specifically keep my core really strong because that is a fundamental part of your whole body and especially your back health. So I know that you talked about how you became a group fitness instructor soon into your, I mean, your younger years of marriage, right? And so did your back health, did you realize the correlation between the core at that time and your back? No, No, it wasn't until I hurt my back. Then the aha moment comes. Yeah, that's so interesting. So when you're strengthening your core now, do you do specific exercises for your core? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I spend uh, half an hour every Tuesday morning at a class where I go at Treehouse Fitness Center, and they do nothing but core exercises for that half an hour. And then, of course, if you move your body properly while you're moving through using weights, you're using your core as well. You have to use your core to stabilize. And if you don't, you can get hurt. So it's kind of important through the whole process. And when somebody is intimidated by weights, like myself, <laughs> what do you we'll fix that? <laughs> yeah. What do you do to help build confidence with people, specifically like with weights? Well, with weights, I think that the first thing that women uh, erroneously believe is that it's going to make them get big like a man. Is not going to happen unless you take a whole lot of steroids. So, you know, no worries there. You will feel better like picking up your kids, you'll, you know, lifting your kids, lifting boxes, doing things around the house. And then as far as, well, where do you start? Well, just, you know, you start easy and then you just, like anything else, you just slowly, gradually build. I can't imagine starting lifting weights. When I really started lifting weights, probably about five years ago, I wasn't lifting very heavy. And uh, then when I started lifting heavier, it's just a process of every few months, you increase your weight, you get better, your form's really important so that you can make sure that you don't hurt yourself. But it's just... It's a great thing. It's the fountain of youth. I'll just say it. It's the fountain of youth. Did everyone hear that? Weightlifting is the fountain of youth. There you go. I said it. (laughs) And in regards to, so you said that only five years ago, you started to actually lift weights. What motivated you at that time to start doing actual free free weights and, and that whole diving into that? In my gut, I always knew that free weights would be good for me, but I just, you know, I was, I was into this and I was into that. And I was, I was running half marathons and I was doing all this running and I I was loved running and it was, it was great, but it was beating the heck out of my body. And so in deciding to switch, I switched to uh, another kind of form of exercise called bar exercise. You've probably heard of that, which is really a wonderful exercise too. Then I started incorporating some more strength training and found I loved it. And it just made such a difference in the way I looked and the way I felt. And uh, it was great. I, I highly recommend it for everybody. So in regards to how you looked, how did you, what did you notice that changed for you? I noticed that my hips were more slender. I noticed that I had a stronger butt. And I noticed that I had stronger shoulders. Functionally, I could lift things without them hurting. I didn't have to be so worried about lifting something because I knew I could do it because I do it every day. Uh, Lots of changes in my body that were so positive. 
I imagine that law work, this is my guess, that it's sedentary. It's rather sedentary. So how did you involve movement when you were, as you practiced law? Because I feel like some of us are, we're yeah. at desks no, a lot, right. we're sitting a lot. So it's uh-huh. like, how have you incorporated movement into such a sedentary yeah. lifestyle well, that a lot of us feel, I mean, live just through our work? True, true. Yeah, it's, it's you know, being at a desk all day. I've had lots of jobs where I've been at the desk all day. And um but I, I'm not very good at sitting still, so I guess that's part of it. I mean, even now, when my foot's wiggling, and I'm, I'm, I just, I'm just swaying and wiggling. Anyway, um, but I think getting up every hour is really important. I have seen some people use just standing desks, and they've really enjoyed that a lot to have a standing desk rather than just sitting at a desk the whole way along because they can, again, incorporate movement into their work. I haven't done that before, and, and my practice is such now that I don't – I can get up whenever I want, and I'm not, like, tied to my desk like I used to. But I, I think getting up every hour is really important. And doing the exercise in the morning or at night, whatever works for you, but just, you know, making it as regular as brushing your teeth. It seems like you just have been moving your whole entire life. There just hasn't been. Has there ever been a time where you were not moving as much and you noticed the effects of having less movement? Yeah, actually, um, when my son was really young, I mean, I was moving, kind of picking him up and stuff, but I wasn't training my body. And that's when I started having my back problems, when I wasn't really working on keeping my body strong and healthy. That's so interesting because I recently saw a post from my friend who had, you know, a baby in her mid to late 30s. And she said the biggest factor that I wish I would have worked on harder was my was lifting weights before I had this baby because this baby's heavy. Uh Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, she said this is a lot of work. This is a workout to be a mom is to be a a workout. I used to be a jungle gym. Actually, my son would let my little son would just climb up my leg, climb up my arms and, you know, get right up. and, And so you just almost feel like you're a jungle gym. Yeah. And I feel like that's a that's an interesting time because you feel there's a lot of overwhelm. I think when people have a child or a small child, and I think that can be the thing that goes away is that you're not exercising as regularly. True. And that might be the thing that you exactly need that would support exactly. you the most in those situations. So let's talk about people's bad habits, not bad habits in regards that all of us have habits that we could let go of and things that would support us more in our vitality and health and longevity. So how have you maintained a vision of the longevity aspect? Because you've been healthy for decades now. So how does that like, how does that work? I, I just feel like other people don't have the same vision for longevity. My vision is inspired by watching people who are older, like people in their 90s, for example. And the biggest thing I notice about them is they just keep moving. Hence my motto. But they really do. They have, I mean, I, my dear friend, Lori Nelson, you know who she is. Um, her parents live in Driggs, Idaho, and they are always moving. They are out in their yard. They're out doing things. 96 and 97, they're still skiing at Grand Target. I mean, they're still like, and there are people like this, like, President Nelson, he just keeps moving. There are these people who just keep moving. And I watch them and I think, well, if I want to have a good quality of life as I'm, as I'm growing older, I have to keep moving. I just have to. That's, that's the name of the game. Yeah. I, I, I don't think anyone would disagree. And of course, the science also supports that, right? <laughs> There's so much scientific support of that. 
So I know that you garden a lot. You spend a lot of time in your yard. And what do you feel like the benefits of that? How does that, I mean, of course you're moving in your garden, but what do you, what, what joy has gardening brought you? Oh my gosh, so much joy. There's nothing, especially like when I was working a lot and I could work in my garden and see the fruits of my labors. So much when you're when you're at a desk job and when you're a lawyer, everything is so mental. And there's nothing that you can see physically that you've produced, right, from your work. And so there was really something so satisfying in taking like this ugly piece of land and making it beautiful, putting the work into it to make it beautiful. It's just really, really gratifying. There's so many gratifying things. Harvest, like it's harvest season right now. So I've been out there digging up carrots and pulling up beans and having, you know, getting a bunch of tomatoes and my watermelon and pumpkin and doing all these different things. But it's just, it's just so satisfying to me to be able to do that and to create, you know, beautiful things. Just recently, I've started, <coughs> excuse me, um, a couple of years ago, I started growing dahlias. And I keep adding more and more dahlias to my garden every year. But one of the things that I've absolutely loved, I have all these dahlias. Why not share them with people, right? So that's why you get to have a bouquet of dahlias. But I share them with neighbors. I share them with somebody I know is having a birthday. If somebody was having a migraine at choir, you know, at whatever it is, I, I will bring them flowers. Just because I have them, and why not? I mean, who does it? Who I have? This is what I have, have noticed. Never have I brought anyone flowers where they've said. I don't like flowers. That's never happened. And I don't think it ever will. So, but it just brings me so much joy to know that I can do a little bit in somebody's day to help them get a little happier for a moment. I love that so much. Are these all, so to just give the listeners a little, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's tell them about the flowers Uh that we, um, so Deanna brought me these beautiful flowers and they are stunning. And is that a dahlia? This yellow they one? They are all dahlias. The They're one that you're talking dahlia. about. The, yes, this one right here. That looks that's like called kind of, Little Scotty. Little Scotty. You guys and look that, up Little Scotty. <laughs> so I, um, I, for the first time this year, entered a couple of my dahlias in the dahlia show. They have a, the Utah Dahlia Society has a dahlia show. And I entered a few of my dahlias in just because I'd never done it before. I just thought, what the heck, right? And Little Scotty won in its category. I saw that on Facebook oh, and I thought it. that yeah. is amazing. I know, she won funny. a dahlia. I know. Like I was, I'm like, there's a dahlia festival. Like, yes. of course, everyone, if you have an interest, remember there's probably a festival for that, or there's something, there's some other enthusiasts out there. Orchids, roses, there's all kinds of them. But yeah, wow. dahlias. I'm I'm smitten. I love them. Oh, you guys, they are beautiful. And there's the, these nice shades of pink and white and darker pink and lighter yellow. It's just lovely. So she brought me joy today by bringing those flowers and I'm so grateful. And I feel like I've never thought, oh wow, somebody brought me flowers from their own garden. I feel like even that is just that special aspect, right? Of like these came from somebody's garden, not from the store. Like, and that's an additional added bonus. So thank you so much. Um, So David and I also have a, we, we personally, because we watch certain things that you post on Facebook, we admire you and Scott for being people who love life. And I'm curious about how you've cultivated a love of life. And I feel like physical movement just like goes hand in hand with that. But how have you cultivated that? I don't know about cultivating. It just is like, I, 
I, there's so much to love about life. There is, but you have to notice it. You know, you can go through life and and just kind of keep your head to the grindstone and never lift your head up. And you never notice all of the beauty and incredible things around you and the things you can do and the the incredible gift of our bodies that we have to be able to do and enjoy all these things. I mean, it's just, I that just inspires me right there. Um, you know, looking at our mountains. Oh my gosh, I was driving home today from the store. I was driving home from the store, just driving driving east, looking at the mountains and the yellows and the oranges and the reds and just going, wow. Because where I grew up in Southern California, there was none of that. So I, I mean, the seasons were green and brown pretty much. So every, every time the seasons change here in Utah, I just am mesmerized. I love it. And when you go back to places like LA, or if you go back to other, when, when you visit other places, wherever it may be, do you feel like you have a renewed capacity to see the beauty of those locations as well? I do, because, you know, it, again, I, I'm looking at plants. So I notice things more than I than I did when I lived there. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I try and have a heightened awareness of nature around me. And because it's just so amazing. I love it. Yeah. And since we are in the harvest season, I'm curious how you've seen the law of harvest play out in your life. Because there's been spring seasons, there's been seasons in your life where you've been planting seeds, cultivating discipline, cultivating these, you know, rewards, relationships, taking care of others, those type of things. But do you have any thoughts on the law of harvest? Well, I mean, the, the harvest is for for life experiences, I think, just when you see something you... Okay, here's, here's just a mini example. The fact that I brought those flowers today and that it, it made you feel like you were extra special because they were from my garden. Okay, right there, there's a harvest for me. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and so you can, you know, that can play out in so many different scenarios. Yeah. Specifically, how do you feel like... so? My question is, how do you support those who maybe don't have as much enthusiasm for movement as you do, especially if they're like close to us or if they're in our outer circle? How do we inspire people through our own example? You said the word example and anything they do that is um, helps them to feel better or be more healthy than you know, you, I'm I'm a big cheerleader. I'll be right there going, yeah, yeah, do it, do it. That's awesome. You should try that. So, yeah, doing those things. Yeah, that's awesome. And then um, what about nourishing eating regarding not just nourishing movement, but nourishing eating? What are the benefits of that decision to accompany movement with nourishing food? Well, gut health is extremely, extremely important. Your body will not be happy happy if your gut is not happy. And that has to do with what you put in your mouth. Um, so, you know, nourishing your, your, your body and making sure that your gut health is good is super important. When you're lifting weights all the time, you can't eat just vegetables and grains. You've got to eat protein and a lot of protein. So I am always very conscientious about how much protein I get every single day to make sure that my macros, which are basically your protein and your fats and your carbohydrates, those three groups, to make sure that there's balance among those groups, but that most of that more of my intake on a daily basis is with protein. Um, 
the other thing is, you know, aesthetically, of course, what you eat is important. Everybody, you see all these all these things all over the place. I want to get strong abs. I want to get ripped. I want to do all this stuff. You can do a gazillion sit-ups. It doesn't matter. Abs are made in the kitchen. And anybody who's, you know, tried before will go, this isn't working. Why? Because it's what I'm eating at home that's not working. So, um, so yeah, there's eating is important all the way around. But, you know, you want to eat... There, there are some professional athletes that I see that eat just chicken and rice all the time, and it's you got to spice it up, you know. You got to, I mean, you got to do find out what works for you. I like to eat a lot of yogurt. My husband hates yogurt, and that's okay. He likes cottage cheese. I hate cottage cheese. So you know, these are all both healthy things, but you know, preferences, eat, eat what you like, but moderation, super duper duper important. So, um, you know, do I, do I eat ice cream sometimes? Well, yeah, I just try not to eat the whole container of ice cream. If I want just a bite of ice cream, if I'm having a little hankering for something like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's moderation. Yeah. And do you feel like you've always been able to moderate with food or do you feel like you've just learned over time? Like this feels good. This doesn't feel good. Oh, it's uh, kind of a love-hate thing. It's, you know, sometimes I'm really good at moderating and other times I'm not so good. It If I've had a stressful day, it's got, man, chocolate chip cookies sound really good. I You know, I, it's like, you know, I'm human. Right, of course. And we all are, right? And I feel like we all yeah. enjoy those things too. It's oh, yeah. just like how we go about it, I think, is part of it. <laughs> so... In this situation, the reason why I ask that is because I think there's there's a lot of, there's this, you know, body positivity, right? Like whatever shape, whatever size, like love yourself and accept yourself, which I think is, there's truth in that. I've also had, I had a previous guest on and he talked about how there's also the dark side of, of this situation in regards that in his, like, this is his interpretation, but he said that, he said, I feel like sometimes people choose to say, well, this is just the way I am instead of actually working on things that are going to extend their life or create longevity. And I, and you can't ignore that no matter what you, no matter how positive you are about your body. And so I'm curious, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, to be fair, genetics play into it really does. Um, there are some people, you know, like anything else. I remember one time I was running a race in, uh, it was a half marathon. I think it was the Salt Lake half marathon. And I was running this race and it was coming toward the end. And it also, they also have a marathon portion of that. And this fellow, he was a Kenyan athlete that had come over to run the race. He went running by me. He was doing the marathon. So he went by me running the marathon. I'm just doing the half marathon. He's running the marathon. And it was like I was standing still. It was like watching a gazelle in action. It was beautiful watching this fellow run right past me. And, um, you know, genetics. So you got to cut yourself some slack and just be happy with what you've got. Now, having said that, it's I think it's easy for people to use that as a crutch. And, you know, that's just something they have to choose to either avoid or, you know, just use that crutch. It's kind of so I I think it's really important that people are aware of that, but they don't use that as a crutch. Yeah, the consequences are real eventually. And I feel like those things do catch up, but it's also interesting to watch how sometimes like the genetic factor is always something to consider. I think that's really significant. So I I appreciate you talking to that. 
Uh, and then how does your faith in Jesus Christ relate to your motto, just keep moving? Um, I think probably the heart of that answer would be because Jesus Christ is the light to me. And if I didn't have that light in my life, I'd have no motivation to move for me. There you go, in a nutshell. I love that. And what is a time in your life when you created spiritual momentum or movement in your life? And how did you get out of the rut if you were ever in a stuck spot? Well, kind of getting on the religious side, because we're talking about spiritual momentum as opposed to physical momentum, per se. Um, when uh, my husband and I were uh, had decided that we were going to go the adoption route because we were not having any luck conceiving children, uh, we had an adoption that was set up to go through. And for whatever reason, the birth mother decided to go with another agency, which mean, meant that we were no longer going to be the um, adoptive parents. And I was so upset and angry. I can remember being in my dining room, looking up to God and yelling at God and going, this is not fair. And I said, I remember saying, I'm going to go to the temple every week until you listen to me. <laughs> so... I did. I went to the temple every single week, and six months later, we had the opportunity to adopt Nicholas, and we did. That's amazing. So that was a spiritual rut and spiritual momentum. Right. Wow. And I'm, I'm curious about that decision to go to the temple every single week for all of that time. Uh, do you feel like that created the miracle like what 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 component do you feel like going I to the think, temple like had an effect on that result i think i needed it but i think that it showed god my commitment that i was not kidding when i said i was you i was going to nag him until something happened and uh yeah it just showed my commitment i think i was serious about this and you know, not that that's going to happen for everybody because, you know, different sort of situations there. But that that's the way it played out for me it, for that particular situation. Wow, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I also want to ask you my final question, which is about singing. You're going to make me sing, aren't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, I did it. I know, did, you, did you just hear how beautiful that was? <laughs> uh, so I'm curious about the joy music has brought you. And, and specifically, yeah, what does it do for you to sing? Okay, I'm going to get a little choked up because you make me think of my mother when you ask those questions uh, about music. That's where my love of music came from. My mother was an extremely musical person and so talented. She uh, played the piano incredibly. She had this beautiful, beautiful voice, written a few songs. She used to play in clubs in Los Angeles growing up in the, yeah, mostly in the 50s. Um, and as a little girl, music was everywhere. She'd play the piano. We'd sing songs. It was every. It was. It, it's like it's in my fiber. It's in my. It's in my. My my soul, right? So music, music is just like I can't imagine that life without music would be like life without 
Christ. I mean, it would just be so empty for me to not have music in my life. I can't even imagine it. My mom, when she grew older, she lost that voice to cancer. But I saw how she still, even without a voice, um, speaking through this electronic device, she kept that love of music and wanted to share it. She would give music lessons to kids and all kinds of things, even without a voice. She just kept going. So, um, yeah, so she's my inspiration when it comes to music and, and, uh, the, and the love of music and how it, it can enrich your life in amazing ways. All right. Well, I am so grateful for you, Deanna. You are an inspiring individual. (laughs) And I will tell you that from my own experience with Deanna, I feel like she's one of those people who is living life to the fullest and that she is enjoying it as she does it. And I feel like every single one of us can take note and can appreciate that specific enthusiasm that she brings to this world. And so, Deanna, thank you so much for coming. And is there any way if somebody wanted to reach out to you, how could they how could they get a hold of you? Well, my my law firm is Sabi Law, and I have a website, and my telephone number and email address and all that stuff is on my website. So if you just look at Sabi Law, you'll find out probably more than you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. My pleasure. <laughs>